Hey, good morning. I'm Mark Ming. I'm on the teaching team here at Vineyard of Baton Rouge. And we're doing an outside sermon this morning, message. It's great weather. And a little bit different time, right? We're now doing sermons and messages through uh, video, but um, it's good. We'll be back together again soon. Until then, um, hey, let's just dive into the message this morning. So let me start with a personal testimony of mine. So I was raised in a family of a father, a mother, and two older sisters. And my dad, he was a wonderful man. He was a great provider, very faithful to the family, but he wasn't very relational. He didn't say much. He emotionally was detached. And uh, I grew up in that environment. And so when I became a Christian, you know what? I projected that onto our Heavenly Father and struggled in my relationship with him for a long time. Now, I'm going to say this just for one purpose, but this December, uh, it will be my 40th year in Christ. Now, the only reason I said that, the only reason is because in the last 10 years is when I've had the biggest breakthroughs in getting to know what God is really like. That's this series we're on. It's a wonderful series. And yeah, wow. The last 10 years, 40 years, but only the last 10 years, the biggest breakthroughs, yeah. And so as we go through this message, you're going to be able to understand why I said that. So, you know, one of the biggest reasons that we struggle in our faith is because of we have this understanding that the world conforms us to think that um, how we're loved is dependent upon how we behave or how much we have to offer. And this whole concept of how much we're loved being dependent on how much we offer, how much we, uh, how well we behave, the world conforms and it shapes our understanding to think that way. Uh, it's a performance-based acceptance. And we see this, look, this happens even in child, child rearing, right? Child upbringing. Hey, you ate all your peas? Good girl. Oh, you wrote on the wall with your crayons, bad boy. And parents do that. They don't mean to do that. But we've been already in parenting that we, we, we do that. We, we speak that way. And society continues this in our lives, right? I mean, you score the winning touchdown, you're praised. You make good grades in school, you're rewarded. You're handsome or beautiful, you're admired. And so through life in this world, intuitively, we learn that our external abilities, our external behavior, external uh, talents determine our value, our worth, our meaning. And it's a performance-based acceptance. But the problem is, this produces a false narrative of God, our Heavenly Father. 
we get saved, right? Get born again. We believe in Christ. We cross over. The Holy Spirit comes in. Now we're in Christ. We have faith in Christ. We're beginning to get to know God and discover Him. And then we project this understanding of performance-based acceptance and love onto Him. And that's very common. That's what happened to me. It's very common. This performance-based acceptance and love is the narrative for all humans all over the planet. But the problem is this false reality of who God is, it causes us damage, right? You know why? Because it distorts who he really is, what he's really like. Jesus, though, he comes along and he presents a different narrative. Jesus goes out of his way, both in words and actions, to communicate God is different. John 1.18 says this, no one has seen God, has seen the Father. The only begotten Son of God, he has explained him. Jesus comes to explain that God is not like that. God is different. You see, God has loved us from the beginning. Before we ever did anything, before we could ever perform, he has loved us. And out of his love, he has created a path of return to him, faith in and through Jesus Christ. And out of that path, providing that path, he demonstrates his love toward us. It's The essence of John 3.16, perhaps the most popular verse in the entire Bible. What? For God so loved the world that, there it is, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The father sends the son, the son in like love to the father, submits and obeys together. There's this love demonstration. So because of love, God sends his son, what? That whoever, whoever, doesn't matter where they are on the planet, right? Whoever believes in him shall receive eternal life. Not dependent on race, ethnic group. It's not dependent on one's uh, ethnicity, uh, one's uh, economic ability, rich or poor. It's not dependent on gender right? Male or female, whoever will believe is accepted. So what we find is that when we're on this journey, right, this journey along the path of acceptance through Jesus Christ, that over time, there it is, see, over time, we begin to discover the love of God. We begin to discover what he's really like. Remember, it took me what, the last 10 years of 40 years to begin to have the major breakthroughs I needed to discover that, hey, he really loves me because of who he is, and I don't have to do anything to earn that. God loves us. And there's this thing that as we continue along the journey and we continue to discover the love of God, what he's really like, you know what happens? It begins to change us. 
we become changed, not here as much, down here. Our hearts change, we change, the habits change, and we begin to become Christ-like. It's called radical acceptance. You heard about that? Jeremy teaches that, and it's radical transformation. God's provision through Jesus Christ is a radical acceptance, unlike anything in the world. And now, in the journey, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we discover what God is really like and His love toward us, apart from anything we ever do, radical transformation begins to change us. You know, you think about the uh, parable of the, the vineyard, right? The guy has a vineyard. He goes out to uh, find some workers at dawn. He says, hey, uh, you want to work? Yeah, I'll pay you this much money. Good, okay. Goes out again at 9 in the morning, finds some more workers, but offers them the same thing. 12, 3, 6 p.m. Finally, at the end of the day, he gathers them all together, and he pays them. And what does he do? He pays them, everyone, the same whether they came in at dawn or whether they came in at 6 p.m. The people who came in at dawn who had worked all day in the heat, what do they do? They begin to grumble. You know what? That's performance-based acceptance, and that's the thinking. That's the thinking. The world thinks like that. You know what? From their perspective, they were right. But Jesus goes on to say, no, the, the owner of the vineyard says, no, I give everyone the same. It doesn't matter when they came in. And Jesus is saying and explaining, this is how our Heavenly Father is. He gives to everyone equally. He gives to everyone fully. There is no partiality with Him. You know, this is a radical shift for us. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed what, to the world, but be transformed, how? by the renewing of your minds, so what? So that you will be able to prove and do and demonstrate the will of God. Don't be conformed to the world. That's a repeated thing. So God is just doing this work in us. We're beginning to discover the love of God. We're beginning to therefore encounter what the scripture says, we love God now because why? He first loved us. The love of God begins to change us as we begin to know what He is really like. And so, when, as we continue to discover this love of God, you know what happens? We begin to encounter freedom. A freedom that frees us from what? Frees us from legalistic obedience. Obeying God, what? Because we have to. No. God wants to free us from that. We begin to get free through the love of God to loving God because we want to. That is a huge breakthrough. I had that breakthrough, but it took in the last 10 years. God wants all of us to understand he loves us as we are, and that love of God begins to work in us to where we then love him and we want to obey him. There's the radical transformation. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. As the love of God pours into our heart, as we grow increasingly in knowing what he's really like, you know what? We begin to experience loving others. Loving others. Kind of like the first and second commandment. Love God with everything, but secondly, love others as much as you love yourselves. That's a work of transformation. And 
what happens is we learn to love them, but cross-culturally, not love them the way the world would teach us. What? That would be performance-based, right? We don't love them. Hey, you waved at me, I wave at you. You smiled at me, I smiled at you. No, no. We begin to just feel this love. We recognize others, and we want to love them. And so this love that is working to free us to love God also works in us to love others. And we begin to show them love. And in that showing them love, we are leading them to Jesus, just like we were led to Jesus. We're leading them to Jesus. Now, we can't force anyone to you know, come to Christ. We can't force them into the love of God. But when we show them the love of God because we are being changed by that very same love, we give them a path, just like the path we're on. So, hey, let me just close out with two brief um, practical tips. Lectio Divina, right? You've heard Jeremy talk about that. That is a form of communication with God. It is contemplative. It is meditative. It is got some solitude and silence. It's got some Bible reading. You can go to vineyardbr.org slash lectio. That's L-E-C-T-I-O. Go there. You'll see all about that. Wonderful uh, discipline to encounter your Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and the Spirit. And this week, take 1 Corinthians 13. That's the love chapter in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Do Lectio Divina with that. And, you know, while you're writing things down in a notebook or in a journal, however you, you do that, you know, don't just stop there. Go deeper and really think about verses 4 through 8. 4 through 8 explains what love is. Love is a big word. It shows you in more practical words what love looks like. Think about that through the week. And here's tip two. Do you still find yourself um, kind of viewing God, viewing your Heavenly Father with a, a mindset of uh, he, he still loves me based on my performance? And, um, you know, depending on how well I obey him, that's how I feel I'm loved by him. You know, if you still think about that, if you still feel like, yeah, I got that in me, then dig deeper this week. Think about, I wonder where the source of that is. Was it in my upbringing? Uh, how I was raised? Is it through various acceptances and rejections that I've encountered in my life along the, my earthly life path? Or... Is it something I learned in another church? Hmm. I tell you what, if you find that in you, talk to your Heavenly Father this week and ask Him for healing. He loves you. He wants to heal you and free you from that. So thank you for your time this week. Hey, this coronavirus, I know it's making things very different, but we're going to get through this, and it's going to settle down, and we're going to be back together again. But until then... Um, be safe, take care, and uh, let me close in prayer. So I ask you to join me in prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, you are really good, but we have to discover that, and your grace is the vehicle, the means, your love toward us through Christ and by your Spirit is that which enables us to continue on the journey and over time encounter you 
and come to know what you are really like. Father, we ask you that you would continue that good work that you have started in us all the way through the rest of our lives, and that your grace would abound more and more in love, that we may know what is the right choices, and we may continually encounter true freedom to love you, not because we have to, but because we want to. So, Father, we thank you for hearing us and give you the thanksgiving and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week.